This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Subway to Shea podcast, Anthony Rivera, here with you, talking about all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets, from the Subway to Shea studio in my office, episode 94. I'm back, Met fans. I am back. And first off, thank you to all the Met fans for hanging in there with me, still listening and downloading past episodes while I've been off for what's been a month now. I didn't even really realize that until I looked at the date of the last episode and looked at what's today's date. So it's been about a month, and the last time I was on, Kodai Senga signed, and I brought on Jack Oliver, a.k.a. Jolly Olive of John Boy Media, on to break down that signing, and I hope you enjoyed that episode, because I know I did. And since that time, not much has really happened in Metsland. That's why I took off for a month. There was nothing really to talk about. Now, I'm just kidding. We know what has been talked about for the last month. And we've just wrapped up an entire saga on Carlos Correa. And during that time, why I did not do an episode of Subway to Shea? Well, I got sick over the holidays. And I needed to take some time off. My voice wasn't there. It would not have been a good podcast if I just came out and just started babbling and my voice wasn't 100%. I wasn't 100%. So I didn't want to give you crap on a podcast. But I did hop on a few Twitter spaces. Uh, I've done a podcast with Gary Mack, who does the Mets Musings. I did a panel with them, and you can check out that podcast as I'll be putting the link in the description of this week's episode. We did that last week. That was my first time really in a month being on air, and it felt good to be back. I also wanted to wait until the deal was signed, sealed, and delivered. I wanted to wait for that tweet from Jeff Passan. I even posted it on Twitter. I said, I am waiting for Jeff Passan to give us the news, the breaking news about Korea, because everyone was posting things. Oh, he's going to sign. Oh, he's not going to sign. Oh, the deal's this. Oh, the deal's that. No. Let me know when Jeff Passan posts that tweet, and then we will start talking about it. And he posted it last week, and the deal is done, just not with the Mets. So now I feel that it's time to give my thoughts on Carlos Correa once and for all, and for the final time, as we put this saga to rest. You know, my initial thoughts on Carlos Correa signing with the Mets was just like Steve Cohen said to John Heyman. It put the Mets over the top. Now, I probably wouldn't have said it out loud if I was Steve Cohen until the deal was confirmed to be done. And it basically bit him in the ass doing that. Because now... The Mets fans were so hyped. We were all so hyped about Carlos Correa coming to the Mets. And then it just got taken away just like that. You know, the concern for me going into this deal 
throughout the month and looking over what had happened and what had transpired, it just took way too long. Every other Mets deal was done quick and no one saw it coming. This dragged out way too long. And you can tell as we got closer and closer, something wasn't right. So he goes and he signs with the Minnesota Twins. And we're not going to go over all of the specifics of the deal. You've probably read all of that already from last week. But like I said, I was disappointed, just as many Met fans were, because it was so hyped for so long. But you know what? I was glad it was over. And I wasn't thinking it was the end of the world. Or calling this the return of the Wilpons like I saw some fans do on Twitter. And I can't believe people were actually doing that. Seeing SNY's Danny Abriano calling this an inexcusable failure. No. I mean, it sucks. The Mets failed in signing Correa. But look at the offseason that the Mets have had to deal with. They weren't just a player away. They weren't in need of just a few players. The Mets needed four-fifths of a rotation. Four. And they needed to revamp their bullpen. Most of the money needed to go to that. And I'll tell you this, all everything that the Mets have done this offseason would have probably done less if Jacob deGrom resigned. Now, can they use an, a bat? For sure. Preferably a power bat. But the offense was good last season. And when they started having a tough stretch in September, who were they missing? Starling Marte. Marte was literally the all-around package for the Mets on offense last season. 292 batting average, 16 home runs, 63 RBIs, an OPS of 815. They really missed him in September. And he probably wasn't ready for the playoffs either with that hand injury. Now, obviously, you know that Scott Boris was going to open his mouth once the deal was signed with the Twins. And he talked to Bob Nightingale. And you look, he, I don't understand the Mets. And obviously, the Mets went back to the San Francisco Giants doctor. And I'm pretty sure they got all of the opinions from that doctor. But I don't think that's it, right? That couldn't possibly be it. They had to check with their doctors as well. I mean, are the Giants getting this much grief as well for not signing Carlos Correa? Because I know the Mets are. And I'll tell you this. If this deal doesn't work out for the Minnesota Twins, it could be crippling. I don't know if that's the same for the Mets financially. Because for the Minnesota Twins... This is their centerpiece. For the Mets, it was more like a final piece. Now, there was a big whole agreement that I read from this Nightingale article. And I'm going to read it. Now, Boris offered contract language that would protect the Mets. If Correa's previous right ankle injury caused him to miss more than 60 days, the Mets could reduce the contract. If he spent more than 120 days on the injured list over a two-year period, they could void the contract. If he finished the season on the injured list, the Mets would have the right to give him a physical to determine if they wanted to part ways. Now, the Mets instead wanted to do their own agreement. They were going to guarantee him $157.5 million for six years and a club options for the next six years. And it would pay him another $157.5 million. But... Correa would have to undergo a physical every season. Now that we've heard from Boris and what his idea was, I, I kind of want to know what the Mets' thoughts were on this. They really, they really didn't say much on the whole situation. The most that they said was, we were unable to reach an agreement and we wish Carlos all the best. And that's all that they got from the Mets. Now I'm trying to speculate how the conversation went from the time Cohen was in Hawaii 
talking to Scott Boris to make this deal to when he talked to Billy and how now Otani and Machado fit into this. Because as we know, when Scott Boris reached out to Steve Cohen, he was on vacation in Hawaii with his family. And I'm pretty sure they all got excited with the fact that maybe Carlos Correa could become a Met. And I'm pretty sure Cohen went to Billy and said, let's try to get this done. Then once all of the issues with the ankle and all the doctors came and the physical failing came, I'm pretty sure Billy was like, hey, do we really want to give all this money to Carlos Correa? Especially when we really want to go after Shohei Itani. That's because that's the plan. And on top of that, Hey, Manny Machado's also a free agent next year. We could give the money we've given to Carlos Correa, or we're about to give to Carlos Correa, we could give that to Machado. And at this moment in time, he does not have a lingering ankle issue. So why don't we back off this one and see where it takes us next year? Now, I hate to think about next year and free agents, but I'm sure it was on their mind. And they also have to think about resigning their own homegrown stars, including Pete Alonzo. Probably also want to think about Jeff McNeil. So the Mets have a lot to think about, not only now, but in the future. Now, speaking of Pete Alonzo, Pete Alonzo avoided arbitration, signed a one year, $14.5 million contract. ESPN's Jeff Passan reported that it's the largest number ever for first baseman in arbitration. Well-deserved after the season that Pete Alonso had. And now can start looking ahead for him as he's set to hit free agency in 2024. So he has one more arbitration year. And hopefully the Mets get an extension done with him by the time that comes around. He has been so important to this offense. Another franchise player who could possibly break records and be the best positional player in Mets history if he stays. Now, we talked about it in the past, and his comparison for me last season was to Mike Piazza with the offense he had last season. Look at the way he hit the ball opposite field and hit for power opposite field, hitting in the gaps. Mike Piazza in his prime. Overall, 271 batting average, 40 home runs, 131 RBIs, breaking the team record. Now has a career 261 batting average, 146 home runs, 380 RBIs. This is why losing out on Correa doesn't hurt as much. It hurts, but not as much. I think the hurt comes more from maybe Cohen letting the cat out of the bag. Pumping us up. Telling us this was the final piece we needed. And then not getting the deal done. Probably shouldn't have said anything until the deal was done. Now I assume the Mets will look to sign one of the top two free agents in Machado and Otani. And re-signing Pete Alonso to big deals. So you probably get... The Mets are probably going to try to get one of the two big guys and bring back Pete Alonso. It's hard to look forward. But would you rather have it that we have a Carlos Correa with a possible chronic injury 
that may not impact the team now, but could in the future. And right now, you're not hearing that with Otani, Machado, or even Alonzo. Now, I know that it's possible that these guys could get hurt. Anyone can get hurt. You're, there's a risk with every signing. But the deal was too much for the Mets to take the risk on. That they rather risk it on Otani and Machado. Hey, all of us Mets fans want to win a World Series. But we also want the opportunity to get there consistently. And not have decades where we make the postseason in only two out of the ten years. Since I watched Mets baseball, starting in 1998, we'll talk with the 90s, right? The Mets only made the playoffs in 99. You start with the 2000s, 2000, 2006, 2010s, 2015, 2016, 2020s, as of right now, 2022. But you want that to continue. You want 23, 24, 25. And the more times you go to the playoffs, the more opportunities you get to possibly go to the World Series. You can't do that if you're only doing it two out of ten years. And that's why they keep talking about doing things the Dodger way. Wanting to be as consistent as the as the Dodgers going to the playoffs. Heck, as the Atlanta Braves. Sucks to bring them up, but they're constantly in the playoffs. The Houston Astros constantly in the playoffs. And, sucks to say is, but the New York Yankees constantly in the playoffs. You want that for the Mets. And if they make it to the World Series, even better. It sucked in 2016 making it to the playoffs and then being outed in one game and not making it for five or six years. That stunk. Same thing with 2006. How good was that team? Only make it once. Then have no chance to go back and try it again. Because the playoffs are a crapshoot, right? We saw that with the Phillies last year. Third place team made it to the World Series. Depends on how you get hot. You get to the playoffs, and as we've seen, anything can happen. You don't, and there's no shot. Now, besides Pete Alonso's arbitration signing, the Mets made more. Uh, Michael Mayer of Mets Marais posted the rest of the arbitration signings on Twitter. Drew Smith, 1.2 million. Eliza Hernandez, 1.6 mil. Luis Guillorme, 1.6 mil. Tomas Nito, 1.575 mil. Jeff Brigham, don't know the numbers yet on that one. Jeff McNeil was the only one not to settle. Filed in it at 7.75 mil. But the Mets filed at 6.25 mil. So we'll see if that goes to a hearing, I assume it will, last season for Jeff McNeil, pretty much back to the McNeil we know and love, 326 batting average, 9 home runs, 62 RBIs, career-wise, batting 307. That's a guy I don't want to give up. I never want to give up on a guy that bats over 300. 46 home runs, 214 RBIs. So hopefully they get that deal done with Jeff McNeil, got to start thinking about giving these guys extensions. Pretty sure Pete Alonzo would be the number one target. Jeff McNeil, I don't know. He's a little bit older. But hopefully they could get some deal done, kind of like what they did with Daniel Murphy. You know, that little three to four year deal. Get that done with Jeff McNeil. Keep him with the Mets. He's very versatile play really good second base, plays a pretty good outfield, 
And he can hit, man. He gets on base. You don't want to give up on a guy like that. Now, before this train leaves the station, the Mets also re-signed Adam Adovino. That got lost in the whole Correa saga over the last month. The Mets did re-sign Adam Adovino one year with a player option for 2024. It brings the total to $14.5 million. That was posted by Anthony DeComo. Last season for the Mets, we got to see... Adam Adovino pitching 65 and two-thirds innings pitched, 6-3, and three, with a 2.06 ERA, 79 strikeouts. Career has a 3.44 ERA. On paper, you have a pretty solid and revamped bullpen with Diaz and Adovino returning, plus the additions of Brooks Raley and David Robertson. And don't count out Drew Smith, Steven Nagosik. That's my guy to look out for in the season coming up, coming out of the bullpen. And you got Jeff Brigham who the Mets brought in from Miami. Now we'll get more into the bullpen as we get closer to spring training. I want to talk really quickly about the Mets 2023 international signing class article out there by Jesse Sanchez. You can follow that. And uh, the Mets signed three of the top 50 on the international list. Davison Gutierrez, who's ranked number 27. We have Anthony Baptiste, number 29, and Christopher Larez, who was number 43. They also came to agreement with left-handed pitcher Daviel Hurtado, center fielder Herberto Ringo, left-handed pitcher Wilmer Lugo, outfielder Ederson Asensio, and shortstop Kavir Garcia. Hopefully I said all these names correctly, and the Mets... You know, they have a base signing pool of $5,284,000, but there's no, not known the numbers yet for each of these players. But you can read most of this and all the information about the players on this article by Jesse Sanchez from MLB.com. The Mets made some moves to their coaching staff over the holidays. The Mets will be bringing... A lot of their coaching staff back, but there are some moves. Obviously, Dan, Danny Barnes, assistant major league coach. Can someone explain to me what the assistant major league coach is? Is that like a, a level below the bench coach? Jeremy Barnes, hitting coach. Eric Chavez is the new bench coach, replacing Glenn Sherlock, who's now the catching and strategy coach. You have Joey Cora returning. You have Jeremy uh, Joey Cora as the infield and third base coach. Jeremy Heffner, pitching coach, returning. Wayne Kirby, outfield and first base coach, is returning. And you have the additions of Dom Chidi, who is the bullpen coach, and Eric Hinsky, who is the new assistant hitting coach. I remember Eric Hinsky playing a lot when I started out watching uh, baseball. Dom Chidi, 64, he's the new bullpen coach, and he also worked under Buck Showalter in Baltimore and Texas. So they know each other pretty well. And uh, like I said, Eric Hinsky is the new assistant hitting's coach. Also, more big news, right? We're coming in the new year, which means baseball is right around the corner. Spring training dates, that's what you want to know. That's what you want to hear if you haven't read them yet. Let's go with the World Baseball Classic first because that's going to take up a lot of time. Pitchers and catchers participating. In the World Baseball Classic, have to report by Monday, February 13th. Position players are that are participating as well are reporting Thursday, February 16th. And the Mets, February 15th. We are a month away, or less than a month away now, 
a day minus a month away from pitchers and catchers. February 20th, position players report for the New York Mets. Like I said, a month away. We're back, baby. Baseball is about to be back. I'm so excited, so ready to talk New York Mets baseball even more than we're doing now because we know this has been the lull, but not this offseason. There's been a lot of stuff going on from November, December, and even this whole Carlos Correa saga into January, into the new year, into 2023. But very excited. I hope you are excited. We've got a lot of show coming to you in the new year. Our 100th episode is just around the corner, and I'm very excited about that, working on a few things on that. You can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Subway to Shea. Listen to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Pocket Casts. Turn on your notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. If you're a new listener to this podcast, welcome. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you consider subscribing on any of the platforms I mentioned. Also, make sure to share it with your fellow Met fans. Let them know that Subway to Shea is one of the Mets podcasts that they definitely should be subscribing to. If you've been a supporter this whole time, thank you. This show wouldn't be where it is without you. And because of you, Subway to Shea is global. This podcast is not only played in the United States, but also has reaches across the globe. So no matter where you listen, please take a few minutes to write me a review and let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better each and every week. And you can do that by rating the show from one to five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That helps me out a whole lot. And you can also leave a review in the comments section on Apple Podcasts. Let everyone know about Subway to Shea. Don't forget to follow my work for Rising Apple. Rising Apple is a New York Mets site on the fan side and network. You can read my articles by going to risingapple.com or checking out the links in the description of this week's podcast episode. Make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter, at Rising Apple Blog, and Fansided Network, at Fansided. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I appreciate you all so very much, and that will do it for this week's podcast. Don't forget, listen, subscribe, share, and review. For Anthony Rivera, you've been listening to Subway to Shea, and always remember, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.